welcome to The Karen Kenny Show. I'm a certified spiritual mentor, hypnotist, writer, integrative change worker, and life coach. I always say, this whole being human thing is kind of like an ongoing problem. So on this show, I tell everyday stories interwoven with spiritual principles, practical tools, and plenty of humor to help us transform from pain to peace, from wound to wisdom, from your story to your glory, and ultimately from fear back to love. Hey, welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. I'm so happy to uh, be here with you <laughs> to get to spend a little time together. Uh, I've already decided I'm going to try to keep this sucker wicked short and sweet. It's really just a little love letter from my heart to yours to spread a little love and to also look at, you don't need my permission for jack shit. Okay. <laughs> you don't, you don't need my permission. But one of the things that I think is helpful for us as humans is to hear another human say to us, Hey, it's okay. Look, have you thought about it like this or consider this? Or it's just like, you know, I jokingly will say to my clients sometimes who are having a hard time, fill in the blank, right? Whether it's getting more rest or drinking more water or being kind to themselves or saying no to something like, you know, we can, we can give ourselves such a hard time. And sometimes I'll pull out. And if you're watching the show, you'll see, like, I, I keep this little, I have this little pink, pink set of post-it notes. <laughs> I remember when we were little kids in school and you had to go to the bathroom and they would give you like a hall pass or whatever. And that's what I think of these like, like not pink slips like you're getting fired, but the little pink hall passes. And I'll pick up a pen and I'll pretend I'm writing on and I'll go like, okay, look it, I'm going to give you permission. I'm going to give you a little permission slip. Here's your little permission slip to take a nap or to rest or to say no or to not go to the thing or to change your mind or like whatever. Okay, so here's my whole point, and we're back. Here's my whole point, is that this episode, you don't need my permission for jack shit, and I think it can be so helpful to our nervous systems to just hear another human being say like, hey, it's okay. You have permission to want what you want, feel what you feel, all right, et cetera. So I just want to say that up front before we before we dive into this episode. Um, also, before I, I forget at the end, if you're not already on my email list, you guys, it is a great way to stay in touch, to find out what kind of shenanigans I'm up to, what classes I'm offering, what events are happening. I have a lot of fun, exciting things going on right now where I'm returning teaching to yoga um, each week where this has not happened in like five years. I'm doing some events with my sweetie. It's just like wicked fun stuff. So you just go to karenkenny.com slash sign up, get on that sucker, and you'll be in the know. Wouldn't that be fun? Okay, so I think I'm going to call this episode Under Prussia. And if you are a loyal listener, you have heard me say before that um, my inspiration for this show and these episodes and what I talk about on here, you know, there's always a combination of like storytelling and spirituality and just kind of navigating this human, this whole being human experience, right? <laughs> Couldn't we all use a little help? Couldn't we all use a little hand-holding sometimes navigating this whole fucking human being thing? Oh my God. And I always say like this being human is an ongoing problem. And so this show is kind of in response to that, to like what it's like to be a human. And, 
and so many of the things that happen in this experience. And I just think it's so helpful to know that we're not alone when we're going through it, when we're in the muck, when we're in this stuff. And also we're not alone in celebrating, you know, um, our brilliance and, and the good things that happen too. But this episode came about because um, I was listening to one of my favorite songs, Under Pressure, uh, David Bowie and, you know, Queen. And it's like, you know, of course, the vocal genius uh, that is Bowie and Freddie Mercury. And the words of this song, uh, I'm sure, I'm sure you have heard it. I mean, if you're in my age bracket, there can be no way you haven't heard the song Under Pressure. If you have never heard it, please, for the love of all things holy, Jesus Christ, go and listen to that sucker, Spotify, by the L, I don't know, get get your hands on it. Okay, but these are, these are some of the words, right? It starts, I'm not going to read all the lyrics, but these are some of the lyrics, and I thought they were fascinating. Uh, pressure, pushing down on me, pressing down on you, no man ask for. And it goes on to say, you know, these are the days it never rains, but it pours. There's a terror in knowing what this world is about. And it's just talking about the kind of pressure that can even bring a building down. It can split a family in two. It can put people on streets. And I think these days, a lot of us are feeling a particular kind of pressure. And I think this is coming from so many different areas of life, economics, finances, um, you know, jobs, race division, politics, like all, just all the ways that the world war, disparity in so many ways, hatred, right? There's just so many things in this human experience that can feel like there's a lot of pressure on us. Time, um, machines, devices, all this stuff. But I wanna speak about a particular kind of pressure. Um, and this is something that's been coming up for me lately. And I've talked about this before um, in written form, but I haven't done a podcast about it yet. And so I wanted to share, I wanted to share what I had been thinking about. And maybe, maybe this will resonate with you too. And maybe you suffer from the same affliction <laughs> that I suffer from. And part of it is, is I'm a super, I'm a hyper responsible person. I am a hyper-responsible person. And I think that this is a character character trait that might be, might be partly innate, but I think it also, um, if I were to guess, is a response to my chaotic childhood. <laughs> Thank you, trauma. Thank you. There are so many, I will say this though. Um, I often say we're going to blame our trauma. Yeah, we're going to blame our parents and our past and our childhood and our trauma. Um, you know, on all the bad things we've experienced, we also have to be willing to look at, you know, I often say I would not be the person I am today. I would not be who I am, how I am, the way that I think, the way that I respond to life. Like this would not have happened if I did not have um, the pressure. You know how like diamonds are created? They say it's by this pressure being pushed on them, you know? And so um, I think I think, you know, I heard Jesse Itzla once say, um, Jesse once said, pressure is a privilege. Uh, I think it's a really interesting perspective. And you can Google that and see he did. He was talking, uh, doing a little talk one time when he said that. Um, but I want to talk about this particular kind of pressure. I'm finally getting to my point, which is this. Something that's been coming up a lot for me lately. And I think it's it has really been highlighted with the, um, every time there's a new like, um, you know, app 
or a new phone device or a new thing like the the electronics man it got wicked bad with the electronics and this is the thing how much pressure i put on myself to quickly respond to other people let me say that again how much pressure i put on myself to quote unquote quickly respond to other people and other people's needs now i did it i did a show before called When You're Squeezed. And on that show, I was talking about how uh, one of my old mentors and friends, Bill Barron, my business my business coach and uh, now friend, um, he, I was telling him one time about how, um, you know, this is back when I was like putting some things together in my business. I was creating some stuff and I was feeling a little overwhelmed with all the moving parts and whatever, the way that I was supposed to be doing it or supposed to be marketing. And I'm doing little air quotes around supposed to, and we'll get back to that. Um, and I was just feeling all this pressure and it felt like, it felt like the pressure was coming from the outside towards me. Like there was this demand, there was this pace or something that I had to keep up with. And my nervous system was just not having it. I was like, I do not like this. I'm shaking my head. No, I, I do not, do not. <laughs> First of all, I don't like other people telling me what to do. And I certainly hate to be rushed. I hate when people are trying to make me hurry up to make a decision to do a thing or whatever. I have a particular way that I need to do things. You know what I mean? Uh, in order for, for it to feel good in my body, uh, in, in myself. Um, but I was telling him this about this pressure I was feeling and he paused and he said something to me that, is, that has never left me. Obviously, I'm still talking about it to this day. And he, he said to me that all pressure comes from the inside. All pressure comes from the inside. And when he said that, it was like, boom, man. It just like snapped my head. It's like my brain, my brain got a little like, a little like wake up, you know? And I really stopped and I was like, oh, like that's so incredible. And it's wicked good news. Because if this pressure that I feel, and in this case, this pressure that I put on myself to respond quickly to other people and their needs, um, you know, if it's inside of me, I'm the boss of me. I'm the boss of inside of me. I'm the one who gets to decide and determine, right? And to discern how I want to respond, when I want to run, when I want to respond, what pace I want to respond, etc. So it goes back to this character trait, right? Of me being um, not only a hyper-responsible person, but I was a wicked sensitive kid and I was always aware, you know, I was always aware of other people's needs, other people's suffering, same things with animals. I'm not saying I'm special. I think all of us are sensitive. You know, some of us might be more finely attuned to it because of the work we do or the work we've done on ourselves or um, the fact that we try to feel our feelings and try to pay attention. And this is, again, this isn't a judgment on anybody and I'm not making myself special. I'm just saying, this is this is how I kind of feel things and, and, and navigate things in the world. And I've always been able to kind of feel even the slightest shift of, of like somebody's mood, right? Their body language, their energy, like I'm really, really aware of it. Um, and it's what made me, um, when I was a personal 
assistant, um, it's what made me a really great assistant is because I could often sense a change in quote unquote temperature. You know what I mean? I could anticipate a need. I can anticipate, oh, this person is probably getting hungry right now, or this person probably needs a drink or, and knowing what they liked, knowing what they needed and, and being able to think a couple of steps ahead, you know, um, sometimes, uh, you know, being that kind of level of sensitive is it allows you to anticipate what other people need sometimes even before they do. Right. Um, and it's a gift. It's a gift that is also, um, it may have been, um, a gift that came out of like, like a diamond, right? It's something that came out of a lot of pressure in my childhood. I felt very fucking squeezed as a child. Um, and I could either crack under that pressure or I could become something. Right. And I think that, um, the things that I felt under pressure became um, became resources for me that make me an effective spiritual teacher and a mentor, a spiritual mentor and 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 a coach and a, and a hypnotist and a yoga teacher and all these things because because I pay attention so closely. Not not a lot gets by me. I'm not saying I see everything and I feel everything and I get everything. I don't, but not a lot gets by me, and I'm pretty aware. Um. And, but because of that, because I'm so sensitive and because I am aware, um, it, it has led to at times, right? I am a chronic helper. I admit this to myself. If there was, if there was like a, a 12 step meeting for chronic helpers, I could probably go. <laughs> and it's not that I'm always trying to fix everything for everybody else, but I have a compulsion to help, right? If somebody is suffering, if somebody is struggling, if an animal is suffering or struggling, I have a, I have an innate, um, drive to help people. And, um, you know, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Um, I think that that compassionate part of my nature is, is, is something I, I love about myself. I appreciate about myself. Um, but we also have to know that it, it can have a shadow side too. helping being a quote unquote helper can have a shadow side. If you don't allow people, if you, if you try to swoop in and fix everything, you're not letting people, first of all, have the full gamut of their emotions. Like they start to cry and you immediately try to fix it and stop it. And so it's like we, you know, or you don't let your kids or whoever figure out they're resilient on their own because you swoop in and you try to fix everything. So we're not going to go down that whole rabbit hole, but I just want to say like being a chronic helper is sometimes, you know, um, a way that we respond to our own sense of helplessness. And I think that um, it's a beautiful thing to want to be, to, to be a helper. I love being a helper, but there's also um, this thing that, you know, the world is never going to be short of people or animals um, that need our help. And if we're not able to, if we're not able to choose how quickly we respond to things, which is the heartbeat of this whole episode, um, you know, something that gets amplified for me is that there's a constant, especially with the news, right? With the internet, we are constantly bombarded with all the awful shit that is happening everywhere all the time. And yes, there is so much beauty and love and kindness and grace and compassion and helpers and good people. There's a lot of that in the world too. But you haven't noticed how that stuff doesn't get nearly as much clicks, likes, views, attention, or shares as when people are doing really fucking good stuff. And I think that, um, you know, 
that bombardment of, of need, that bombardment of other people's needs, their suffering, their GoFundMes, their tragedies, their losses, their, their emails, they're needing, they're needing your attention, right? Oh my gosh. You can tell even just talking about it, like I can feel my chest, like I can feel my hat getting a little constricted, like that energetic area of my chest. And that's when I know like, okay, you need to just like slow down, take a breath. But even when I talk about it, I can feel this. And, you know, it makes me think back to when we were kids, you know, and when we were kids, the only way a person could quote unquote, get in touch with you is they either had to call your house, right? When we're little kids, we didn't, they didn't even really let us use the phone. But when you're little kids, right, you, the only way you could really, um, a person could get in touch with you is they would have to walk over to your house after school and knock on your front door. And they'd be like, um, can you come out and play? <laughs> or, or they would call your house and they'd say, you know, they'd ask for you, whatever. So people, people could get to you like, yeah, maybe when you left for school, like maybe when you were at school, they could get in touch with you there. And then they either had to call your ass on the phone. And there was a time, you guys, when we didn't even have answering machines. We didn't even have those little devices with the little tapes in them that recorded shit where you would come home and there'd be a flashing light. Like there was a time where we just had phones and a house phone connected to the wall. And the phone, you know, the phone would ring in your house. Not, 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 not a not one of these things, right? Not not a little like device, not not a, a a mobile phone, right? We had phones plugged into the wall, attached to the damn wall with wicked long stretchy cords. <laughs> this is for my younger listeners. Okay. Might sound like I'm making this shit up, but I'm not. And the only way people could reach you is they would call and either you answered or you didn't. And if you didn't answer, it would just ring and ring and ring and ring and ring and ring because there was no voicemail. Right. So if you didn't want to pick up, you didn't want to, you didn't pick up or you just unplugged your phone. Okay. So your house, your home was truly like your sanctuary. It was your safe place. Now, look, I get it. Some of us grew up in homes where we couldn't get away from the shit that was happening inside our house. So our homes were not always safe places. They were not always places where you could get away from the atrocities and the abuse and the awful, brutal things that might have been happening in your home. But I think you get the point of what I'm saying, though, as far as people outside of your family, out of your family of origin or whatever, or your foster parents or whoever, your guardians, whoever's taking care of you. Um, I had both parents, uh, step parents, biological parents and and foster, you know, guardians. I had guardians growing up as well. Um, but for the most part, if people wanted to get a hold of you to ask you for something because they needed something or whatever, um, you know. If, if others wanted to connect with you is what I'm trying to say, you had a choice as to how available you wanted to make yourself be. You, you could go out and meet the world on your own terms. But nowadays it's like there's literally, there's dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of ways for people to get a hold of you. And just think about that turn of phrase, getting a hold of you like getting their hands on you, right? Like grabbing you, like there is there's like getting a hold of you. And this is what can happen sometimes if we don't have good boundaries in place. Boundaries that we set for ourselves, our nervous systems, a pace that works for us, a timeline or a schedule or a response time that feels actually good for you. 
And the way things are kind of designed now is that even when you're at home, because of email, because of text messaging, because of direct messaging, because of FaceTime, because think about all the different ways that people can get a hold of you. Because now the world is kind of designed to invade your personal space, your privacy. The world kind of rushes in at you with its demands. And I was thinking about how, um, and this has happened to me many times, right? Because life, people be peopling and life is lifing. Like life is always happening. And and um, as I was sitting recently to just kind of process the news of the death of, of a friend, a, a former client and a friend who I just adored, as I was trying to sit and process that, you know, um, of course, feeling my feelings, crying, do, you know, all, all this stuff. I was just knocked on my ass, shocked by the news of my friend's passing. It was totally unexpected. It was awful. And um, in that period of time, as, as I was just taking taking some moments for myself, I got a bunch of emails. I got some text messages. I got some voxes. I got a couple of Facebook messages. And it was all things that were vying for my attention. And I get it. This is just how the world is. Those people aren't bad for sending those things. They didn't know, you know, what was going on at my house or in my world. It's just life. And life is not slowing down for us. Life is just happening. So we have to be the ones who pump the brakes. We, I guess this isn't going to be that short of an episode after all. <laughs> Apologies. I misspoke. But sometimes you know, when I'm like trying to concentrate or get something done, this is why I have to leave my phone away from my desk, like right here where I'm recording sometimes, right? I mean, when I'm on my pod, when I'm doing my podcast, it's not that big of a deal because I just turn my phone off or I turn it down and silence and I don't look at it and I don't see it. But there are times when I'm trying to do something and I might need to make a phone call. So my phone is up here and I don't have my notifications turned on. My phone is almost always on silent. However, there are days when I just flip it open and all of a sudden I see, and it's like 15 emails, seven boxes, you know, a text message. That, and I just think like, oh my God. And I just want to take my fucking phone. You guys can't see what I'm seeing out my windows. So outside these windows, there's like this big ledge, right? It's like, it goes, it's like um, trees and it goes up into the woods, right? And I see deers and turkeys and everything. It's amazing. But it makes me just want to open up this window, pop off the screen and chuck that motherfucker like up on the hill. I'm like, get this phone out of here. Get It's like an alert system, right? It's like my nervous system just starts to like, I'm making this face where I'm like, eh, I'm closing my eye and I'm shaking my head. It's just like, ah, too much, man. Too much, too much. But the good news is, is I have tools now. I have tools to regulate my nervous system. I have tools like tapping and bilateral stimulation and physiological sigh and breath work. And I can do some yoga postures and I know a lot of somatic stuff and I know a lot of yoga stuff and I know a lot of breathing stuff. And I know, right? I have a lot of resources, but a lot of people don't. That's why I hope to be doing um, a, a couple of workshops this year to teach people some stuff to help themselves learn how to regulate themselves, their vagus nerve, their nervous system, their breathing, their energy, right? So that we can choose to respond, not only with good boundaries, not only in a timeline that feels good for us, but so that we can respond and represent ourselves as who we truly are and not the insane people that feel gripped by the hurry, 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 hurry. You know what I'm saying? The hurry monster, right? Sometimes I feel like I'm being chased by the hurry up monster and I don't like it, but I've learned some tools <laughs> to help me, 
you know, and I hope to be able to, to share them uh, with you guys too. And sometimes one of the things you just do, you just need to pause and you take a nice big belly breath, what we call dirga, dirga pranayam in yoga, a nice full three pot breath, like a full breath, like fill up, fill up the top of your chest, fill up your lower lungs, expand your belly on that inhale, right? Try to breathe in through your nose, nice long, double, double long, double extra long exhale through your mouth. It can work wonders. Do that a few times so that you don't snap, so that you don't say a thing you can't take back so that you don't do or say something you're going to regret. So being able to choose how we want to be and choose how we're going to respond is really important. Because think about it, right? If we're in a state where we feel agitated, where we feel angry, where we feel rushed, where we feel like, oh, this is unfair, or I'm just overwhelmed, and you squeeze me at that point, when you squeeze a tube of toothpaste, right? When there's that pressure, when you squeeze a tube of toothpaste, what comes out? whatever's in that tube, right? Toothpaste. So if you squeeze a person when they're not at their best, when you squeeze a person who does not have resources, regulation, right? If they don't have any tools in their spiritual toolkit, if they don't have any um, ways to calm themselves so that they can respond from a less insane place, right? And I don't, I use the word insane. Like we all go a little crazy when we we're hangry, when we're right tired, when we haven't gotten good rest, when we, when there's agitation, maybe in your relationship or your marriage or whatever, when finances are tight, whatever, when people are stressed the fuck out and you squeeze them, you're probably not going to get their best. So it's up to us as individuals to maybe learn some tools to slow down so we can choose our response rather than just react, right? Just react from our history and our stress and our fear. So we get to choose to respond from a place of love instead of reacting from a place of fear. And it occurred to me when I was thinking about, right, under pressure in this whole thing, um, we often think like the world is putting its demands on us, but we forget, we forget that this is just how the world operates. This is how the rest of the world operates, right? Every time there's a new update, what are they trying to do? They're trying to get things to work faster and faster and faster and faster. And we are not machines. I cannot stress this enough, right? We are not machines. We are not artificial intelligence. We are intelligence. We have brains. We are thinking, feeling creatures. We are not machines. And so to expect us and our nervous systems to act like machines is not going to end well for anybody. We need to stay in touch with our humanity never lose sight of our divinity, but also understand that these bodies, these, these soma, right? They need kindness, love, support, rest, plenty of water, movement, exercise, good food, nourishment, nurturing. What we don't need is this demand. I'm snapping my finger like, go, 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 go. Like that is not even remotely interesting to me. Can you double amen hands if you know what I'm talking about? If you can sense that pressure, that tightening of like, oh my God, I, every, I, I, there's too many things to do and not enough time. And I got to get it all done because everybody needs something from me. And I get it, right? I get it. You know, I'm talking about how we have the freedom to respond. And sometimes you might say, but KK, I'm in this job and my boss is a dick and he demands thing on a schedule that is just unreasonable. Well, yeah. So if I cannot change my situation, 
what can I do? I'm not, I'm not saying that's not a tough spot to be in, but maybe you can find little ways, even if you just take, you know, a few minutes to go in the bathroom, sit on the toilet with the lid down or whatever, and just, you know, breathe, take a few breaths, spend a little time with your spiritual team, say a little prayer, repeat your mantra, whatever it is, uh, to bring your mind back online, to bring yourself back to love so that you show up taking good care of yourself as best you can in a difficult situation. The reality of it is, is that we get to make our own rules. We get to decide. And while my natural proclivity is often to like, um, to rush to the aid of others and to hurry up and respond, um, you know, I often feel this need to answer correspondence, emails, texts, like, like super fast. Again, going back to being like hyper-responsible. You know, I like to be helpful to people who need something from me. And what I'm realizing more and more and more and more lately is that I really just need to ease up on myself. I need to ease off the gas pedal a little bit. And I need to keep my focus on my own stuff, right? Like I need to, it's not that I don't want to help people. I mean, I'm in the helping business. You know what I mean? As a spiritual mentor, as a hypnotist, as a as a yoga teacher, as a coach, like all the things, you know, even this podcast is my desire to spread more love and help people, right? To help end some suffering for humans and animals. But I need to do a better job at keeping my focus on myself and to respond to requests in a way that is soothing <laughs> for my nervous system when I'm able to, like when I'm able to, uh, and not at some super, super, you know, I wouldn't, I was going to call it like a superhuman pace, but I would even say a, a machine pace because it's not going to happen. And just because people ask or demand does not mean that you have to answer. I'm going to say that again. Just because other people ask or demand doesn't mean that you need to answer. Not at the pace that maybe they are demanding. And again, I know we can go back to the boss thing or a situation that, look, there are going to be times in life when somebody does need a quick answer right? Somebody's waiting to hit the button on printing your flyers or whatever, and you need to get back to them. Or like sometimes some decisions, right, are wicked important and they do need to be made. But by and large, I think we we put a lot of um, importance on shit that actually doesn't even really matter. And why so many people lack the patience to wait for a response is because their nervous systems are dysregulated. They're uncomfortable sitting in the uncertainty and the unknown. And this is a note to self. And I know Eron, Eron, my, my podcast, my podcast help Eron is going to write this down for me, right? Note to self, do a whole podcast on uncertainty and, and being in the unknown. Look, and here's the other thing too I want to say. I'm not even saying that other people are always being wicked demanding, not on me or not on you. It's not like everybody out there is demanding that things happen. It's probably not even a big part of the equation for them. They're just doing what they do, right? They're writing to you. They're sending you an email. They're sending you a text. They're sending you a Voxa or a DM or whatever. Uh, they're posting a story and tagging you in it, right? There's a thought, like I said, it's just that sometimes you know, uh, more than one person is doing that. Sometimes there's multiple people or 20 other people or whatever that are all vying for your attention at once. And, and sometimes it's like, there's only one of you. I'm sure parents get this, parents with more than one kid. And even if even one kid, right? Even one kid, we know how demanding that can be. But if you got more than one kid, Jesus Christ, God bless you. God bless you because their needs feel so big. But again, I want to remind us, the pressure that we feel is almost always coming from inside of ourselves. 
it's not invading from out there. It's invading from in here. And I'm touching my mind. I'm touching my brain, right? This is, I should say my brain. My, it's coming from our thoughts. And our thoughts create physical responses in the body. <sighs> so if the phone call is coming from inside the house, <laughs> excuse me, and the only one who can control in here is me, then that's good. I got to talk to my boss. I got to talk to the person in charge, right? I got to talk to the head honcho and be like, hey, chief, like, uh, what's the deal here? Can we can we maybe choose to slow down a little bit and respond at a pace? Like, take the pressure off myself. Dial it way back. Just dial it way back. And there's these great self-hypnosis things that you can do, too. And these are things I like to do with clients sometimes, right? Some people call it visualization, like all the big athletes and all, all the, the CEOs and all the people, right? They talk about their visualization process. All it is is self-hypnosis, right? It's self-hypnosis. We'll just leave it at that, right? But you can actually like put yourself in a room where there's, um, whether it's pedals or gears or knobs, and you can envision turning things down, slowing things down. It's really, really, really powerful. And know how, just know this, no matter how much your ego mind is going to try and get you to like hurry up, try to convince you that your speedy response is wicked necessary, it's usually not right? It will try to convince you like, you better hurry up. Like you better get back to them. Because if you don't get back to them, they're going to be mad at you and da 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 right? Oh, it's going to try to convince you, number one, that a speedy response is necessary. It's usually not. It's also going to try to make you feel irresponsible for, um, for taking too long to get back to people. And that's a big nope again, <laughs> right? And it's also, here we go. Now we're getting to the hot peak of, of the supposed twos. Remember I talked about the supposed twos uh, a little while ago? It's the ego mind is also going to try and get you to do like, I tell you that you should, you should be able to do everything all day. You should be able to get it all done in one day. And that is like a no way, Jose. The truth of the matter is this, the world is not going to fall apart without me. The world is going to keep just moving on. Well, even when I'm dead, God bless. Hopefully some people are going to miss me. I mean, I don't mean it that way. I don't want people to be lamenting when I'm gone. Um, but the world is going to be just fine when, when I am no longer physically here in a body. You know what I'm saying? I'm just not that important. <laughs> and I don't mean that in a you know, self-depreciating way. I mean, I love myself. I, you know, I try to be a good person, uh, but the world is going to go on just fine, you know, after, after I'm dead. Um, so here's to slowing down. Here's to putting my attention and maybe your attention too, where it's really needed, which is listening to the call of your own heart, listening to what your body needs, responding in a way that feels, uh, good for you. So responding from a place of love and, and knowing that it's okay to take a little bit of time. Now, look, I'm not saying shirk your responsibilities and not answer the important things. But these days I've just committed to, you know, and here's the other thing. Note, this is an important note. Sometimes somebody will write something to me and it requires more bandwidth than I have available that day or the next day or the one after that. There in the in the very nature of my work, you know, people will often write to me and share trauma or very difficult um, 
tragedies or brutalities or things they're going through as a human, right? I, I don't always just get like, hey, are we meeting at six, right? A lot of times people, and, and sometimes people I don't know, have never met, have never talked to, will send me things. And I need time to just sit with it. I need time to think about it. Um, you know, it makes me think of um, Cheryl Strayed used to have this, um, this, um, what do you call it? Um, not an article. She had a, in a thing in the paper where people would write in, like, think like Dear Abby, right? A column, Jesus Christ, menopause brain. She had a column and called Dear Sugar. And people used to write to her. And I used to think to myself, oh my God, like, how does she do that? Well, she certainly wasn't answering, let's call it week one. So week one, she would get, you know, a bunch of emails um, or or letters or whatever. Um, you know, oh, let's fast forward that. Let's call it week four. So on week four, she gets the email. She's not answering week four emails on the week four show or in the week four column, right? She probably took a good ass long time. Maybe she's responding to week fours on uh, column number eight. You know what I'm saying? Because sometimes we need time to digest things. And especially the way that I am, you know, the way that my emotions are, um, I can respond to something. You know, I sometimes will jokingly say like today me, Today, me would like to thank me three days ago for not saying yes to that. <laughs> and sometimes I'll say today, me is pissed at me from four days ago for thinking that was a good idea. So I need to learn how to um, give myself a little time to feel a full emotional expansion, like a full wave of emotion. Because if I say yes to something when I'm on a high, and I don't let the full like, you know, and this is like if you're if you're an impulsive shopper, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You see something, you get lit up, you're on that high. And then like three days later, you're like, why did I buy that? So now I need time to just respond to things. And I do my best to get back to people. But I'm no longer interested in the shoulds. Right. And so often when we think about why we do things the way that we do them. And this is a big part of the work that I do. The big part of the work that I do isn't necessarily telling people what the answers are to everything, but it's it's asking them to question everything. What happened to you? Why do you think? Not not in a bad like why do you think you're like this? I don't mean this, but like what was it like growing up in your household? Like what did your parents think about? Like what were you taught? What was your conditioning? Because we are highly conditioned habitual people, right? So much of what we think of as the shoulds, I should respond in this amount of time. I should do this. I shouldn't do that. Those are other people's rules that were impressed upon us, that were kind of drilled into us. I think one of the greatest gifts of being an adult is that you have the freedom to decide what's true for you, what's right for you, what feels good for you. So like when you find yourself caught up in the shoulds, slow down and ask yourself, is this something that I believe? Because if it's something you believe that is true for you, that's one thing. But if you feel like this pressure is coming from out there, meaning it originated from out there by what your grandmother said or your grandfather said or your mother, or your auntie, or your siblings or your teacher or your coach or your priest or whoever the fuck, right? If, if, if something is truly yours, you will know it. I'm doing this because it's right for me. Not because I'm going to feel guilty because I'm afraid that so-and-so is going to judge me or they're not going to like me or they're going to abandon me or reject me, right? So as an adult, we got to get wicked clear. That's another whole, that's a, another whole podcast, right? On the shoulds. 
other people's rules. Um, so question everything and get really clear on it. So this is just my invitation, you know, to, um, to join me in the, um, not putting yourself under so much pressure, uh, not putting yourself under the kind of pressure that, um, tears buildings down and splits, splits families apart, right. Going back to, to that. And I, I love this. I'm, I want to read this. I printed out the lyrics to the song because I, I have it right here. Um, and I love this at, at the end where, where it's saying, um, you know, I sat on the fence, but it, but it don't work. I keep coming up with love, but it's so slashed and torn. Why? And it says, you know, and then Freddie Mercury says, can't we give ourselves one more chance? Why can't we give love one more chance? And this, I always cry. I always cry. I love this song so much. And I always cry when we get to this verse. And if you know this song, right, you can hear it in your head. Like it's so visceral. You can hear it in your head. And Bowie responds to Freddie Mercury screaming, like, why can't we give love, give love, give love, give love, right? And he's just saying it again and again and again. Why can't we give love? And Bowie says, because love's such an old fashioned word and love dares you to care for the people on the edge of the night and love dares you to change our way of caring about ourselves. And then he says, this is our last dance. This is ourselves. And um, this is ourselves. The pressure is coming from inside of us. And love is daring us to change the way that we care for the people on the edge of the night. And sometimes that's us. And love dares you to change our way of caring about ourselves. And one of the ways that we can care about ourselves is to take ourselves out from under so much pressure. So I hope this was helpful to you in some way. Thank you so much for listening. I'm not shitting when I say that. I mean, you could be doing anything. Maybe you're walking your dog right now. Maybe you're folding laundry. Maybe you're driving in your car. Maybe you're taking your kids to soccer, whatever, basketball, whatever, whatever season you're in, however you, however you got here. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen, whether a friend sent you a link and shared it with you, um, whether whatever. But if you're listening to this and you get some benefit from this show, um, if this is helpful to you in some way, then I guarantee you it will be helpful to somebody else you love. So please help me to spread the good word and the love by sharing this episode, by sharing the show when, when you feel inspired to, right? That means a lot to me and I really appreciate it. And I appreciate your time and your energy um, and your presence. And I appreciate you being here. So thank you so much. And wherever you go out in the world, go that keep it low and slow, man. Just keep it at a pace that feels good to you, feels good to your nervous system so that you can respond from a place of love instead of reacting from a place of fear. Wherever you go, leave the place, leave yourself, leave the animals, leave the people, leave the environment, <sighs> leave the earth better than how you found it. Wherever you go, may you be a blessing. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the show. I really love spending some time together. Now, if you dig the show or know someone that could benefit from this episode, please share it with them and help me to spread the good word and the love. And if you want to be in the know about all of my upcoming shenanigans, head on over to karenkenny.com slash sign up and join my list. 
It'll be wicked fun to stay in touch. Bye.